in times of crisis and confusion, we become more aware of our need to pray. We are reminded of how many things are outside of our control. And so we seek the one who is in control. Our routines that brought order and peace to our lives have been disrupted. And so we seek the one who can give us his peace and the one who can bring order out of chaos. We don't know what we are supposed to do or even to think. And so we pray and ask the Lord for wisdom. We know we need his help to think rightly and to make good decisions. And yet at the same time, we might find it harder to pray during a time of crisis than it usually is for us to pray. You know you need to pray, now more than ever, and yet you don't know what to pray. Or perhaps you find your mind so distracted that even more than usual, it's difficult for you to concentrate while you pray. Maybe you're not sure what you should be praying for. You don't know what God might be up to in this particular season, in this circumstance. And so you don't know what to ask Him to do. To end it, to get you through it, to change you in the midst of it, all of the above. This is true not just in the crisis that we are in currently, but in any kind of crisis that you might face, a crisis in your marriage or in your family, a financial crisis, a health crisis, a spiritual crisis, in any and all of those situations, you might find it more difficult than usual to pray. And if we're honest, it's not just during these seasons of crisis that it's hard to pray and sometimes hard to know what to pray. There are often times when As we come before the Lord in prayer, we are confronted with just how much we don't know. We are not God. We don't always know what would be best. It may seem a little corny, but there's a reason why that line in the country song resonates with us. That says, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. Sometimes we look back and realize the things that we thought we wanted desperately for God to give us would not have been good for us. So as we become aware of those things, aware of our um, need to pray, aware of our need for God to intervene and act to give us wisdom and peace and order and our need to bring our petitions, our burdens, our requests before Him, and yet at the same time become aware of how little we know what we ought to be praying for, Paul speaks into that situation a word of hope and comfort about the one who prays for us, the Holy Spirit himself. Look with me this morning, if you would, at Romans chapter 8. We're in verses 26 and 27 today. I'll read those verses for us, and then we'll begin to look at what Paul has to say to us about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives as Christians, and particular, uh, in particular as it comes to prayer. So let me read for us Romans 8, 26 and 27. Paul says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints 
according to the will of God. Now, uh, there's something, before we dig into those verses, there's uh, something I don't want us to miss about this chapter. And that is that this chapter is full of encouragement and instruction about the role of the Holy Spirit in the lives of Christians. If you think about the great passages in the Bible that teach us about the Holy Spirit, you might think of John 14 and 15 and 16, that upper room discourse uh, that Jesus has there with his disciples before his crucifixion. You might think of 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 and 14 where Paul deals with spiritual gifts and the way the Spirit works among the body. But we also ought to think of Romans chapter 8 because this chapter is full of teaching about the Holy Spirit. All the way back in verse 2, after Paul said that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, he says that that we who are Christians, we have been set free by the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We have been set free by the Spirit of God. In verse 4, he says, we who are in Christ, we now walk by the Spirit, walk according to the Spirit, and so fulfill the law of God. In verse 9, he says, we who are in Christ are now no longer in the flesh, but we are in the Spirit. In verse 11, he says that God the Father will raise us through the Holy Spirit, raise us from the dead through the Spirit of God who dwells in us. In verse 13, he says that it is by the Holy Spirit that we put to death the deeds of the body. In verse 14, he says that we are led by the Holy Spirit. In verse 15, he says we have received the Spirit of adoption, and it is by the Holy Spirit that we are able to call God Father. And in verse 16, he says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And then in verse 23, he said that we have the first fruits of the Spirit. And now, here again in verse 26, he speaks to us about the role of the Holy Spirit aiding us in our lives as believers. So, It's important to remember, of course, that it is the Son of God, Jesus the Messiah, who came to earth, took on flesh, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for our sin, rose again on the third day, securing for all who will turn to Him and believe eternal life, forgiveness, salvation, blessing, hope, all the rest. And yet it is no less important for us to remember that it is the Holy Spirit who, when we turn to Christ, comes into our lives, indwells us and empowers us, animating our new life by His presence, comforting us, assuring us that we are the children of God, enabling us to fight against sin and temptation. At every point, the Christian life is a Spirit-empowered life. It is a Spirit-led life. Life. So we ought not to neglect or overlook Paul's teaching about the Holy Spirit throughout Romans chapter 8, nor ought we to neglect and overlook the essential role of the Holy Spirit in our lives day after day and even hour after hour. So, what does Paul say here uh, in these verses in particular that the Holy Spirit does for us? Well, notice he says in verse 26 that the Spirit helps us. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, that He is our helper. 
And Paul says in verse 26 here that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. And the weakness he has in mind in particular here is that we don't know what to pray. The middle of the verse says, For we do not know uh, what to pray for as we ought. So let's start here. The Spirit helps us in our weakness because we don't know what to pray. We don't know what to pray for as we ought. Here's the first thing that that points out to us. Now that we have received the Holy Spirit who empowers us to live a life that is pleasing to God, that does not mean that we have all of a sudden become strong, that all of our weaknesses are removed. Instead, it means that we now have help in our weaknesses that we didn't have before. Now that the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us, we are still weak, but we have the help of God Himself, of God the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us and helps us in our weakness. What weakness is it that we have? We don't know what to pray for as we ought. Now what does Paul mean by that when he says, we don't know what to pray for as we ought? In a sense, we always know what to pray. right? Because Jesus taught His disciples when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. He taught them what we call the Lord's Prayer, a model prayer, a prayer that we ought to not only pray more often than most of us do, but that we ought to model our prayers after. It's always appropriate to pray and say, God, we want your name to be hallowed. We want you to be honored. We want your kingdom to come. We want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We confess our need for daily bread and pray you would provide for us. We ask God that you would forgive us of our sin. We pray God that you would deliver us from the evil one and, and deliver us from temptation. Those things are always appropriate to pray. Those are things that Jesus intended for us to pray regularly. And there are other prayers that we read from the Apostle Paul and uh, believers in the Old Testament. I mean, all through the Scripture, we have models of things we can and should pray. So in a sense, we always know something we ought to be praying for. But there is another sense in which we often don't know what to pray the general things we ought to be praying for, like those things in the Lord's Prayer, are always appropriate to pray. But sometimes we don't know about the specific things we ought to pray. And there are, are two ways that can happen. One way is we can think we know the specific thing we ought to be praying for, but find out that that's actually not what we should have been praying for. The example that's often mentioned in this case is the example of Paul praying for that thorn to be removed from his flesh. Remember, he had a, a messenger from Satan. Uh, this is in 2 Corinthians 12. A messenger from Satan who was sent to torment him that he called a thorn in the flesh. And Paul said he prayed three times for the Lord to remove that thorn in his flesh. That was his specific request. Lord, take this away. Remove this thorn from my flesh. But what was God's answer? His answer was no. In fact, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, what the Lord told him was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul also tells us there that the reason that thorn in the flesh was given to him was to keep him from becoming conceited, from being puffed up and proud 
because of the revelations that God had given to him. Paul had experienced extraordinary things. And in order to keep that from puffing him up, he was given this thorn in the flesh in order to keep him humble. And there was nothing wrong with Paul praying for that thorn to be removed. But it became evident that that was not what God wanted him to do. So there's nothing wrong with us praying for specific things like for someone to be healed. Right? There's nothing wrong with praying for uh, people to be protected, uh, for people to be kept safe, for people to be kept out of trouble, all those things. But what we don't know is God might have a different plan. His plan for you might not be healing. It might be something that He is going to do through you and in you in the midst of your sickness. His plan might not be to keep that loved one out of trouble. It might be to let them get into trouble so that they will then realize how desperately they need a Savior and need forgiveness. We don't always know the specific things that we ought to be praying because we're not God. We don't know what God's plan is in each particular situation. And there are also times when we don't know the specifics to pray and we know that we don't know. So sometimes we know what we want to be praying and we think we know what God wants us to be praying and we might be right and we might be wrong. And then there are some times where we know that we don't know what we ought to be praying. Maybe uh, someone that you love has been running from the Lord and you've been praying for God to save them and you've also been praying for God to protect them and again, keep them out of trouble and then they land in big trouble. What do you pray at that moment? God, get them out of this as quickly as you can. Or God, leave them here until they turn to you. Or something in between. You you don't know. You don't know what to pray. Um, Oftentimes, oftentimes, especially in uh, difficult and weighty situations, we come before the Lord in prayer and we just say, God, help. God, I don't know what... Even to pray, I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what is best. I don't know what would best serve this person. I don't know what would best glorify you in this situation. I don't know if I should pray to get this job or not get this job. I don't, I don't know if I should pray for this move to work out or not to work out. I don't, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be praying for right now. Paul says, in the midst of those uncertainties and confusions in the midst of that weakness where you become acutely aware of just how little you know about what God is up to and even about what God wants sometimes. The Spirit helps us. The Spirit intercedes for us. You see, if we thought that God's intervention in our lives and the lives of those that we loved was ultimately dependent upon us coming up with the right things to pray, how often would we despair? How often would we feel at a loss? How often will we feel overburdened, not being sure that we even know the right thing to ask? But Paul says, as we are praying, as we are laboring, as we are coming before the Lord, sometimes just with 
anguish and, and not even knowing what to say other than to ask God to help and to do something. He says the Spirit who dwells in us is there with us. And He, verse, last part of verse 26, He, the Spirit Himself, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. To intercede just means to pray on behalf of somebody else. So the Spirit of God Himself, He is praying for you. Christian, He's praying on your behalf. He's interceding for you with the Father. Your prayers... As you pray to the Lord, your prayers are not the only prayers that are coming to the Father on your behalf. The Spirit Himself is praying for you. Now think about how encouraging it is when you know that somebody who loves the Lord and who loves you is committed to praying for you. I'm so grateful that we have a praying church. You guys pray for one another uh, so faithfully and so eagerly and so consistently. And I'm so grateful for that. I know you are too. That when we have a burden in our lives that we share with one another and people tell us that they're praying for us, we know that they are. We know that we're being lifted up before the throne by many of our brothers and sisters who love us and care for us. If that's encouraging, how much more ought we to be encouraged by the truth that the Holy Spirit Himself is praying for us, is interceding for us, is calling out, in a sense, to the Father on our behalf, knowing that we don't always know what to pray, but He sure does. He does. He intercedes for us, Paul says, with groanings too deep for words. Uh, We don't hear these groans, uh, but we know that the Spirit is groaning. Just as Paul said, the whole creation is groaning, waiting for the day of Christ's return, longing for the time when the sons of God will be revealed, because then creation will be set free as well. And he said that we were groaning, back in verse 23, We're groaning inwardly as we wait for that day. Uh, Also, when our bodies are redeemed, when we are transformed and resurrected and made perfectly like Christ, the Holy Spirit is also groaning. Creation's groaning, Christians are groaning, and the Holy Spirit is groaning. His groanings are too deep for words. We don't hear them, but we know that He is interceding for us through those groans, sighs, prayers that He is uttering on our behalf. Be encouraged that when you don't know what to pray, the Spirit is praying for you. Your weakness, even your weakness in prayer, is not a hindrance for God. Your weakness is exactly where God loves to work and show His power. Remember those words to Paul. My power is made perfect in your weakness. God's power is on display even in the weakness of our prayer lives as the Holy Spirit intercedes with the Father on our behalf. 
Now, how does, he, how does he do that? How does that work? If his groans are too deep for words, how does the Father know what he's praying? Look at verse 27. He says, And he who searches hearts, that's God the Father, who knows everything. He who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because, or that, the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. See, here's what's amazing and mysterious about the Holy Spirit interceding for us. We are talking about communication happening between the persons of the Trinity. We believe in one God who exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They have always existed in perfect unity and harmony and fellowship and love. They know one another more intimately than we can even imagine or conceive. And so the Father who knows everything, He knows your heart, He knows the words on your tongue before you even speak them, He knows the number of hairs upon your head, of course He knows the mind of the Spirit. Of course He knows what the Spirit is thinking and groaning and lifting up on your behalf. He knows everything, and of course He knows the mind of His own Spirit. And what the Spirit knows, at the end of verse 27, is He knows what God's will is. So when He prays for us, He's always praying in accordance with God's will on our behalf. We don't always know exactly what that is. We might know the general outline. The Bible gives us everything we need to know about God's will so that we can obey Him and follow Him and trust Him. But we don't know all the details of the story that God has laid out for us, the way that He is shaping our lives, the way that He's seeking to make us more like Christ. We don't know how all the different twists and turns in that story are meant to work toward that end, but the Holy Spirit does. The Spirit Himself, He intercedes for the saints. That's you and me. Right? We have been made holy in Christ. That's what saints means there. He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So He is praying in accord with what God has planned and purposed for you and me. So, if that all sounds terribly mysterious, there's a sense in which it should, because Paul is trying to explain to us the wordless communication taking place among the members of the Trinity. But don't let that mystery so overwhelm you that you miss the encouragement that is offered to you here. Don't despair because you don't know what to pray. Don't feel like your time in prayer is fruitless or useless because you can't come up with the right words because you don't know what to ask because you're not even sure when you do ask that you're asking the right thing. When your prayers feel paralyzed by uncertainty, Don't give up, but persevere knowing that the Holy Spirit of God, the helper that Jesus sent 
to encourage and come alongside and intercede for you is praying even now on your behalf. That should not discourage us from praying. Oh, the Holy Spirit's praying for me, so I don't need to pray. No, no, no. It should not discourage us from praying. It should encourage us to keep praying, knowing that our best efforts at praying, as weak as they are, flawed as they are, are in a sense caught up and purified and brought before the Lord by the Spirit in groans too deep for words, perfected as the Spirit prays for us. Our prayers are imperfect. Our our prayers are, are flawed. Our prayers are weak. But the Spirit knows exactly what to pray for us. And the Father knows exactly what the Spirit is asking for us. So be encouraged that you have a helper praying for you who knows God's will, whose every thought and groan on your behalf, the Father hears perfectly. And don't forget, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all love you and are working for your good. Be encouraged as you pray. Let's do that together now. Father, there's so much we don't know. There's so much that we are uncertain about. We, we ask for wisdom. God, we ask for peace and order. We ask for healing for those who are sick. We ask for uh, provision for those who are in financial trouble. We ask for uh, wisdom for our leaders at every level from Uh, our national leaders, down to our local leaders. Um, We pray, God, that you'd help us to know what to do. And we pray that you would especially protect those who are most vulnerable. And and God, we pray that you would encourage us. In this season, uh, there's so many things that are are hard about uh, our lives right now. There's so much disruption and so much uncertainty and and we feel the need to pray more than ever. And, and yet, uh, it may be harder for us to pray even than normal. And so we ask, God, that you would help us to persevere in prayer. And pray, God, that you would encourage us. God, encourage us with the knowledge that weak as our prayers may be, the Spirit himself is praying for us. And so our 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 prayers, our hope for you answering our prayers is not ultimately dependent upon us knowing the right things to pray. For you, God, know the mind of the Spirit and the Spirit intercedes for us in accord with your will. We thank you and praise you for that in Jesus' good name. Amen.